0: In this edition of the podcast, we're talking goodwill. Goodwill is frequently examined at SBR, both in terms of having to calculate goodwill and in terms of having to explain the accounting treatment of goodwill. So the objective of this podcast is to get you to understand the principles to be able to answer those questions. My name is Tom Clendon and I am an ACCA SBR online lecturer. I help my students pass their exams by marking their work, by delivering lectures, by supporting them through WhatsApp. If you want to join me, get in touch. Right, let's get back to the topic, goodwill. So goodwill arises in the group accounts. It's a consolidation adjustment. And positive goodwill, the premium, arises when the aggregate of the controlling interest and non-controlling interest exceed the fair value of the net assets. So goodwill is calculated on acquisition and is effectively representing the difference between what we've paid for the sub, yeah, the whole sub, so the parent bit and the NCI bit added together, and when that is more than the fair value of the net assets at the date of acquisition, we've, we've paid a premium. We've got this magic. We've got this synergy. We've got this intangible asset. So goodwill is a premium that is paid in order to acquire control of the assets and liabilities of the sub at the date of acquisition. It's therefore accounted for as an intangible asset, as a non-current asset in the group accounts. And the standard IFRS 3 requires, mandates, that it's subject to an annual impairment review. Now, because Goodwill can't be sold, and because Goodwill on its own doesn't generate any form of cash, it's impossible to do an impairment review just on the goodwill. So we have to think of goodwill as being part of a collection of other assets called a cash generating unit, which will normally be the sub. So the impairment review takes place at the level of uh, the subsidiary. Uh, So you've got the goodwill uh, being tested in that regard. If there's an impairment loss, later on, you cannot reverse that impairment loss and goodwill is prohibited from being revalued. So that's the nature of goodwill. That's that's the basics of goodwill. And what I'd now like to do is to explore the investment, the controlling interest, the NCI, and the fair value, the net assets. In other words, explore the three individual components that make up the goodwill calculation. So the first of these is the controlling interest, or to put it another way, the Um, parent's investment. What the parent has paid to buy uh, what is normally the majority of the shares in the sub. Now this investment must be recorded at fair value and we've got a standard IFRS 13 which helps us understand and compute what is meant by fair value. So if we bought the shares in the sub and we've paid cash That's a very straightforward issue. There are no measurement issues around cash. If, on the other hand, we've said that we've bought the shares in the sub on a promise, on a promise to pay cash in two years' time, in other words, the consideration is deferred, then in order to arrive at the fair value of that, we need to discount it. We need to reflect the time value of money. So we make the number smaller. And um, by reflecting uh, the time value of money by discounting it to its present value, sometimes there are earnout clauses. sometimes the consideration may or may not get paid it's termed contingent consideration, and in those circumstances, we will need to estimate the fair value, which is of course a massive judgment involved, so in reality, that number would be given to us in the question sometimes the controlling interest has come about through a share for share exchange. So we've bought the shares in the sub, not by paying cash, but by issuing the parent company shares. So the parent company issue shares in order to buy the shares in the sub. And in those circumstances, we want the fair value of the parent company shares that have been issued, and that will normally be observable. That will normally be the market value of those shares. If there are any transaction costs involved, we would ignore those. We don't capitalise the transaction costs. We want the fair value of what we've paid the shareholders of the subsidiary. We want that that fair value. So that's the controlling interest. That's the uh, fair value of the parent's investment. I'm not going to get involved in foreign currency. I'm not going to get involved in step acquisitions. I'm keeping it simple. This is a, a basic recap on goodwill. Now, when it comes to NCI, unfortunately, there are two different ways of measuring the non-controlling interest. Um, And one of those ways is to measure it at fair value. So you would look at the number of shares that we haven't bought, and you'd look at the value of those shares, the subsidiary shares, to arrive at the fair value. Or it might be given in the question. Uh, the other way that is legitimate, it's perfectly acceptable to have an accounting policy to measure NCI as a proportion of the net assets at the date of acquisition. So numerically, that's quite simple to calculate because if it's an 80% sub, your NCI is 20%. You've got to know the fair value of the net assets, at the date of acquisition anyway. So the two would be multiplied to give you an NCI. Now, of course, if you're going to be measuring NCI in two different ways, you're going to, in theory, get two different figures for goodwill. Now, if NCI is measured at fair value, it will be a bigger figure. If NCI is measured at fair value, um, goodwill is said to be in full. Goodwill is said to be attributable to both the parent and the NCI. And that means that when it's impaired, uh, that impairment loss would be split. That impairment loss would be partly charged to the non-controlling interest. On the other hand, if we measure NCI as a proportion of net assets, it's going to be a smaller number. Um, And the goodwill arising is attributable only to the parent. And so when that goodwill is impaired and written off, then there is no charge, no charge to the non-controlling interest. So there's there's a difference there. There's a difference there. And I want you to be aware of that. I want you to be um, comfortable um, with those facts. Now, the third ingredient is the calculation of the fair value of the net assets, the date of acquisition. Now, we have to use fair value. We have to use fair value, I think for two reasons. First of all, We've bought the subsidiary as a job lot. We've paid a a single sum for a collection of assets and liabilities. So we need to separately identify how much each asset and liability is worth so we can incorporate that correct figure into the group accounts, all right? Um, And secondly, uh, we just need to get the goodwill figure right. And if we don't do a fair value exercise, then we're not genuinely recognizing and recording and measuring the right figure for goodwill. The most common fair value adjustment that you're likely to make or likely to come across is an upwards fair value adjustment on an item of the subsidiary's PPE or non-current assets. And by making the PPE go up, you effectively are increasing the net assets and therefore, relatively speaking, decreasing the amount of goodwill. Now, I have a a, a discipline here to try and keep these podcasts to 10 minutes. So, you know, there's so much more I could say, but I've tried to concentrate on the basics. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, if you want more, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Please tell your friends. Yeah, and as I say, If you are interested in following a course with me to do with SBR to help you pass the ACCA SBR exam, just get in touch. My name is Tom Clendon and I thank you for listening.